Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. Uh, right now, if you're watching us live, it is Joe and D-Doc to start the show. But uh, we'll have, I know we'll have Brent and we'll see who else shows up. But uh, welcome to chapter 213 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. Uh, I know in the past few, gosh, few weeks, we've had some fill-in shows from ICCC. We've had some one-on-ones that I did with, oh gosh, Scott Rifen, uh, Steve Glosson, and I know there are some others, Mark Molcaster. Uh, but, uh, but hey, we're going we're gonna to run the show with at least part of the team tonight and cover a little bit of everything because we've had a lot of stuff going on. But you know where to find us as always, Rule of the Galaxy, you know, pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, always add the SW if you can't find us, and um, also Rule of the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. You can track us down there, and I'm sure we'll start putting some more snippets up on YouTube and TikTok and things like that soon enough. But until uh, until we do that, you can watch us live here, and then we'll be as a podcast here in the next day or so. But hey, wouldn't be a good show if I didn't have my right-hand man, D-Doc, here with me. D-Doc, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, I'm happy to be back on here talking some Star Wars. I mean, the last time I talked to you, we were, I mean, obviously... <laughs> outside of uh group text and everything uh the last time we were talking star wars and chopping it up was at the i triple c con in nashville so it was it was a real good time uh yeah and i'm just excited to to be on the show again it was a crazy week last week i i just could not get everything together so it was it was wild getting back we you know what we threw i i we got some things thrown together it all worked out you know i mean we had we had to get the Emperor interview and the Ula interview back out there so everybody could see it on our channel. And then uh, and then Steve Glosson always is a great guy to add in and say, hey, let's talk a little Star Wars. So it was it was good. But yeah, I mean, let, let's let's throw back because uh, I'm not I don't think Alfie can make it. Alfie's got to work really early tomorrow morning, so he's not going to be on the show. But, um, you know, it was it was uh, it was a crazy 36 hours or whatever that we were all together um we threw a lot in there at one time and it was great just to meet you face to face and actually hang out and not have it to where we were talking <clears> on a screen so that was that was a great part of ICCC right there was me and you and Alfie all meeting uh you know our my wife your wife meeting uh, we got to meet your brother and your and your sister-in-law uh so it was a, it was a really good time we had some fun and uh it was a little bit of an adventure yeah definitely it it it, it was uh it it was different. It was fun. It was the first convention I've ever been to. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's like, we've been doing this podcast for two years together and it's like, yep. you know, 
when you're meeting someone for the first time, you never know. Like, you know, we're, we're all pretty much the same as we are on the podcast. That's why it's like yep. literally first time meeting you guys ever in our lives. And it's just like, what's going on, guys? And we're just chatting it up. And it just felt like, you know, I've known you for years as as we have, you know, yeah. so it, it's it's really fun. I've, I'm really thankful to be a part of all of it. And I mean, I know we didn't get to do our our uh, show, you know, with the, the, the schedule things that happened, but, um, it, it was, it was a little weird. And I did have some comments from some of our regular listeners. They reach out to me and then, you know, my son reached out to me and, and a few other people who I've known throughout the years who were like, Hey, you know, what happened to your, your time? What happened to you and DDoc and Alfie doing that together? And look, the ICCC guys and, and the ECPC TV guys, they do a really good job. And it just, it was just one of those things where it didn't work out properly. And then you and I having conflicts on the, the Sunday of it where we couldn't, couldn't really do a show on the Sunday, you know, it, it happened and things, things happen for a reason. And look, um, you guys are right there to where, uh, when they walked up to me and said, Hey, Joe, can you be on with, uh, Ian McDermott? And, and I looked right across from you and I was just like, right now. Um, I said, and- yes, I looked at him and I, before you even, I think before you even had a chance to say anything, I looked at him, I was like, yeah, he's going to do it. <laughs> You're just like, Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was uh, really cool. And, and for those of you who've listened to the previous show, I know I only got to ask a few questions, but you know, to spend 20 minutes up on stage and be three feet away from Ian McDermott and every time, because I was directly across from him, every time he was telling his story, he was looking right at me. So one of the times when he, when they said, Joe, go ahead and ask a question. I was kind of focused in looking at Ian McDermott and I kind of froze up and was like, I forgot what I was going to say there. Um, but that, you know, that's okay. It's cool. Uh, are, are, are you, uh, are you Ian McDermott? Uh, <laughs> you played the emperor. Uh, I'm alive right now still. Right. <laughs> that's right. I was waiting for the blue lightning to come across and hit me. Um, but it was, it was funny because, you know, like uh, I was talking to Steve Glosson and, and, and I told him, I said, you know, he's probably been asked 1001 of the same questions over and over again about star Wars. And that's why I threw some questions in on other movies. Cause I was just like, let's, let's, you know, you've done a lot of things. Let's talk about those. And I think that was, that really felt good because he kind of clicked right there and he was ready to talk I about like those. That. Yeah. And, and it's not that I didn't want to talk star Wars, but the other gentleman I was with from ECPC, you know, they, they were, hitting with questions left and right on Star Wars. So I thought oh, I'll be a little bit different and shake it up a little bit. So I, um, I think that's a good idea. I, I like, I think that they appreciate it too, because it, it kind of shows like, you know, obviously they did Star Wars, but people have done a lot of stuff. It's yeah. like, you know, sometimes stars can, can uh, <clears throat> get annoyed with Star Wars sometimes because that's what everyone knows them from, you know? So it is good to switch it up and give them well, credit for their other stuff too. Well, before I introduce our good friend Brent, who just hopped on here, I will say this. Uh, the other thing that I think I was most happy with, most pleased with, with me, you, and Alfie was we took Ula, Miss Femi Taylor, and she was on screen for less than a minute in Return of the Jedi. I mean, maybe a minute. And we, we did a 20-minute interview based off of her memories in that one minute. And, and that felt really good that we were able to put that all together and actually sound like we knew what we were talking about. And she was very sweet and nice as well. So I was really excited that we got to do uh, that and be a part of that. That was really cool. So I agree. Um, hey, Brent, how are you? Hello. How are you guys? 
I pulled another D doc. Man, I need to stop. Um, hey, See, it have... might be a Brent now. It might be a Brent now. <laughs> I have, I have to be here to start the show now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one more time we can call it a Brent. Maybe even though before, uh, even before, even though before the show, I'm saying ten minutes, I'll send it. Five <laughs> minutes, I'll send it. One minute, I'll send it. <laughs> all, hey, all within twenty minutes apart. <laughs> I know you guys probably haven't had a chance to listen to the Steve Glosson show that was from just this last week. I saw it um, on YouTube. You watch it on YouTube? Oh, did you watch till the end? No. <laughs> okay. I, I watched probably about the first half hour. Because in the last in the last little bit, I he we were talking about something. He goes, you know, I really like that D Doc guy. I like that D Doc. He goes, Alfie. Uh, he goes, and I don't know about me and Brent. I don't know if me and Brent have clicked yet. And I was just cracking up. It's <laughs> like I was like, this is great. I can't wait to get him on with with everybody and have. Have everybody discuss his ups and downs of of the Rule of the Galaxy crew. So, well, I mean, um, I'm I'm of a I like the sequel trilogies, and I don't know <laughs> if he's uh if he's he's on board for that. So I can see where he's coming from. Well, I mean, you know. I'm, I'm I'm an acquired taste. Believe me, believe me. I, I feel like it surprises me when there are people that like, especially when Tom Line shouts out and is like, yeah. I like what you're saying, Brent. Like somebody, somebody actually, one listens, two likes what I'm saying because I know I'm an acquired taste and I don't have the same kind of thoughts as everybody else. Brent, you are one of the one of the uh, ladles who stirs the rule of the galaxy soup right here. I can tell you that you make you make the world go around a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, hey, you know, uh, Brent, you were lucky enough to go uh, in 2022 to the IACCC, and then DDoc was lucky enough to go to 2023. Um, and hey, look, Adam Parker likes what Brent has to say, too. I know, and I don't even know who Adam Parker is. Thank you, Adam. I, I, I like Adam. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, so I guess what I'll say is this. I got a chance to be at both. And Brent, you and I were in a hotel kind of convention hall in that one and everything was packed so tight you could barely right. breathe and then we go this year and ddoc got a chance to be in basically a fairground setting yeah where everything was so far apart that people didn't know where things were right um so i figured i'd let you two kind of bounce some of your thoughts back and forth real quick while i let my dog out of my office where he's going to start barking on just you've heard us talk about it brent and ddoc you've heard us talk about what brent was like last year Maybe see some of your thoughts and comparisons while I get this barking dog out of here. Be right back. So my question to you, D-Doc, and since yes. I wasn't there, how? <laughs> what was your first impression of the booths? I thought it was pretty crazy, honestly. I mean, I was overwhelmed. Now, I did. I there was stuff that was affordable there. I'll say. <laughs> okay, so when you said overwhelmed, I wasn't sure where you were going, and then you went with there was affordable. There was. It's, I, it's I, few I, and far between there, isn't it? <laughs> like, and this is me. This is not a knock, right? Like, I there are people, and there are money changing hands left and right at that place too. People are willing to purchase those vintage items. But yeah, so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I like it's like you could be at one booth, though, where you're looking at, you know, some black series where it's like, you know, if there's some that are a decent amount in production, whatever, you can see some for 20, 25. Um, but then you could go to the booth next to it and see a five thousand dollar Luke Skywalker <laughs> like, you know, uh, 
there was there was one um bin of i guess they were like original lightsabers i don't know if you saw that joe it, I didn't. Like, it was like a bin and it was like the store display where it had all of the original lightsabers in it i want to say it said with like twenty five thousand dollars on it or something like that and that's why i remember me and my brother was standing there i was like is that for one lightsaber or for the whole thing? <laughs> if it's for the whole thing, we're on, baby. <laughs> I've got yeah. a 401k that I can cash out, right? So, um, I mean, yeah. that was my first thing taken away is when the Imperial Commissars collect the Imperial uh, Commissar Collective is a very high end, um, selective collective group that is looking for the high-end stuff um i mean michael havens when he's come on i've heard him talk about the stuff that he collects and stuff that i've never even heard of he's looking for like yogurt top containers that have star wars <laughs> art on them that was only in brazil and it's like are you kidding me like like one how much do those things cost and two there's a reason why and those are the types of collectors that he wants to have and he brings the A-list actors too, right? Mm -hmm. So he brings he brings the game when it comes to getting celebrity people like Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio and the basically a, a large section of the uh, Daredevil crew was there too. Yep. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had so no clue who uh, I, I had no clue who the fellow uh, Ginger actress uh is the redhead yeah from uh daredevil yeah yes. i mean she was also yeah. true true blood or yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i take it you've gone girl. back and watched some true blood <laughs> no i haven't watched yet but like it's funny because she just like walked by and she just says hi and we're just like hi you know and i'm just like and then I'm she's interviewing and then I'm and then I look up her instagram and i see she has 1.3 million followers on instagram i'm like okay like she's a pretty damn big deal like she's yeah. very that I, i'm it's bad that i'm not name giving her by name right now i'm trying to think of her name but she was extremely nice i gotta say like you could just tell very down to earth for being in like a bunch of things like that just like really cool and even ian mcdermott like when it's not like he it's not like he finished his interview and was like no pictures like right. leave me alone whatever like he well, he, you know, he took time to talk to Joe after it was done. He got some pictures with people and stuff. Me, I just sat there literally feel, feeling like I was getting force choked just staring at him. <laughs> Last year, though, they kind of had they were hoping to get him to come to the room yeah. um, both Friday and Saturday. And they were ready to pause at a moment's notice. And they were like on high alert to try to get him into that room. Um, and he never made it in there. And I partially, partly, partially the reason why he never made it on Saturday or Sunday is because to get him through that crowd would have been insane. Mm -hmm. um, and Friday, I think he would just had to line out the door from all the VIPs that wanted to get autographs from him. So they was they were clamoring to get him on uh, last year to get him on the stage to talk to him as well, but never were never were able to. Um, so yeah. Uh, I was going to say, the other question I had for you is, uh, what did you think of cosplay, and did they have any, like, big vehicles? Oh, yeah. They, we did, they have the gap tank? did they have the gap tank? Uh, they had the tank from Rogue One, ah, yeah. yeah. We, so we got on it. Oh, no way. Yeah, D-Ducks got pictures of us oh. on it. I know. I got to try to, like, did link you get it the up speeders? to the... Did you get on the indoor speeders? They had those. Yep. I saw, they, I saw some people bikes. take pictures of those. 
They had ATST. They had the yeah. the, the the tank. They, yeah. Last year they had the speeder and the ATST, and they like they showed pictures because like on that VIP day, that VIP day is the best. Like um, for anyone listening, and I know it costs a pretty penny, but if you want to go to the ICC, you need to go on the VIP day. Like we are lucky because we have the press pass. So we get the VIP access. We don't get all of the VIP stuff. I no. guess there's a couple of things we don't get access to, but at the same time you get access from the line, you get a skip lines, you get a, like for the autographs and stuff like that. But just being able to go there on Friday when there is like it, I'm sure it felt like a ghost town yep. at the, at the hotel. I can only imagine what it felt like at the fairground. I, it, compared to what it felt like on saturday complete the number town. of people <clears throat> complete ghost town yeah and you know it was it was cool for me because i i have a video i'm actually making like a little i'm making a little vlog of uh the time there we have like a shared album with everything on it but um you know it was cool kind of going there and it felt like the quiet before the storm because before yes. we were able to meet um it's joe and alfie <clears throat> it was like me and my brother just standing on the front porch of this huge fairground <laughs> in like, the, you know, the middle of Nashville, like, you know, out in the mountain, like countryside of Nashville. And you just have all these C banners flying. And it was just quiet. Like all you could hear was just the flap of the banners in the wind. And I was just waiting for Joe and Alfie there. And I'm just like, I'm like, here we are, bro. And I could tell my brother, like, kind of, I, I expected it to be low key for the price. And he knew how much those VIP tickets cost that day too. So it, it, it was, it was funny just kind of sitting there and being like, "This place is going to be crazy." Because the next day, I was going to say, "Tell them the next day story," because yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah, the next day, it's <laughs> like, you know, I'm me, I'm late for everything. I actually felt like our show was going to be at eleven thirty, and I think me and Joe got there probably at about ten uh, thirty. Like it was, we got there about an hour before we were going to have to do our show. And I got out of the Uber, which every single Uber driver I had in Nashville was absolutely crazy. I'm going to say that right now. Everybody drove in a good well way? over the, no, everybody drove well over the speed limit. Um, our first guy, truck. well, yeah. you were, you were also getting a ride 45 minutes out of the city. <laughs> Well, the first day we got like, so our Uber that we got from the airport was a guy in an F-150 and he cracked open a freaking Mountain Dew at 630 in the morning. Yeah, he was just and I told him I, I mean, was like, it's Tennessee, man. <laughs> I told him I You're was lucky like, it wasn't a Coors Light or a Miller Light. Like, I, I think he probably was hitting those before the Mountain Dew. <laughs> he just he, opened the Mountain Dew when the passengers are in the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, because I, I told him I was like. I was like, we're running off of because, uh, you know, we woke up at 3 a.m. the day before, you know, the day we were traveling because our flight was leaving at um, I, I think we arrived in Nashville at 7 a.m. So I told him I was like, yeah, I'm working off of like two or three hours of sleep. And he's like, you got me beat. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and he talked exactly like Matthew McConaughey, too. <laughs> like it, he had to yeah. give you the, he had to give the Nashville treatment, man. You probably he's probably going home talking like us right now. But he's like he's like oh we got some we got some East Coasters in here. We got to give him the we got to give him the real Nashville treatment. Yeah, and, he keeps that Mountain Dew there just for that. Exactly. So I felt proud about this because 
when when D-Doc mentioned Jail Reeler, he wasn't mentioning me. He was mentioning his brother, who we ended up calling J-Doc or, or Joe Bro because he, he couldn't have Joe and Joe. It just wasn't working because I'd turn around and look every time he'd say Joe. Um, but J-Doc said, oh, man, this is the furthest west I've ever been. I've never been in the central time zone. And I thought, what? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, Come on, Docrates. You got to get out of the country, man. You got to explore. I've been to Las Vegas once. Here's the problem is my parents are not flyers. My it's, mom will fly. Coasters, man. I know. My mom will fly. My dad refuses. So like all of my Disney trips as a kid, we drove down there. So right. we would drive like time. 17, 18 hours or whatever to get there. But at the same time, you guys have every... like. Us Us Midwesterners have to go to go see things. You're like, you're in the Philly area. What is it like two hours, four, three hours to uh, New York City? What is it like? Uh, For me, for me, where I'm at, I'm like, my drive to Philly is probably 30 minutes. And my drive to New York is about an hour and a half. Yeah. Right, my drive an hour and a half. I'm in the middle of cornfield still. It takes me three <laughs> to get to Chicago. It takes me an hour and a, hour and a half. I can get to Louisville. I apologize. An hour and a half. I can get to Louisville, but that's still not necessarily like. But who wants New to? Go to it's not New York City. It's not New York City or Washington D.C. Like five hour trip. You're driving through five states if you're over in the Philly area. Five hour trip. You might get through one state in the Midwest, and it's even worse if you go further west. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, correct. Well, the the funniest part was is after the F one fifty Uber driver, our <clears throat> our drive um, on Friday to the convention. The guy who picked us up, he pulls up, and it's probably a guy who you know might be almost eighty years old, Uber driver, <laughs> and he's got the handicap sign in on his mirror. And I'm just like, all right, this guy's gonna take it easy driving. Dude went like 15 miles an hour over the speed limit the whole way there. I'm just okay. Like, oh and my the God. next thing, the next thing I'm gonna say, is you're an East Coaster and you're gonna complain about the speed <laughs> of someone's driving. <laughs> Dude, these guys were crazy. Come on, they were crazy. Come on, hey. I've been out east. Come on. So, so I'm not gonna let you sit here and badmouth us Midwestern drivers when I've been on the East Coast streets. So That's not only was his his Uber stuff an adventure, <laughs> but we knew going in. Yeah, I got a little nervous Sunday or Saturday morning because I was like, you know, there's going to be a lot of traffic. There's going to be a lot of people there Saturday morning. So I, my wife was like, why don't you text D-Doc and see if he can get halfway here to where we are in the hotel and then we'll take him the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. And so I text him and he's like, oh, it's going to be like 45 minutes till I'm ready. And I was like, Lori, we can't wait 45 minutes. We'll be in line forever when we get there. So she was like, yeah, but you already invited him. And I was like, I know, but I. If we wait, we might miss our show. And no, so, in Joe's mind, he's like, I know I need to cut bait. Doc is going to be late for this. So, so I said, <laughs> I said, D Doc, you're on your own, brother. We, we got to get. So, but I go in and I do the typical, um, like, I, like I know what I'm doing thing. We pull right up to the front and I just roll down the window. I take my press pass and I go, uh, We're with the press. We're going back to the media room. The guy goes, Oh, okay. And then we get to the next gate. Because there's, I mean, there's gates up and down on this thing. And we get to the next gate. Guy's sitting there, security guard. And I go, yeah, we're with the media. We're, we're going back to the media room. The guy opens the gate and goes, oh, okay, go on back. We drive in our car back to the media area through all the gates, park. 
DDOT shows up at the front gate again. Oh he God. calls me and he goes, Joe, there's people wrapped around the building. They won't let me in. And I was like, just keep going till you find somebody who will let you in. He's like, this is effing BS. They're not going to let me in. And I've never heard DDOT get mad ever. And, <laughs> and so I'm cracking up when he hangs up the phone. I'm like, Lori. I was like, Alfie, you didn't DDoc's let, pissed. And, you didn't let him know that it, it goes from like 500 oh. people to like 10,000 No, he knew. No, I knew <laughs> about it. I okay. knew. I knew, but I just thought I was going to be able to, you know. Flash the press. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did you just did you, what did you just break? Did you just break your Bondi models that you put together today? Oh no, that's gonna make a good replay. <laughs> that yeah, was my is. N1 Starfighter. Oh, oh. oh my god, did it break apart? Oh no, partially, partially. Oh. <laughs> We're missing engines. We're missing. <laughs> Holy shit! But. But I loved it because sorry it was, language. I was right. just gonna try to flash the pass. That's all I was gonna do. They're cool I was just passes. Gonna try too. to flash the pass. They're cool passes. But too, finally, <laughs> finally, he went through and he found somebody who was like, "Oh, okay, you, yeah, I'll let you in." Because if not, he would have been out there forever. Um, but it was just, I knew it. Alfie just started cracking up. I was like, "D Doc's hot right now." It's like he's hot under the collar. Um, but yeah, it, overall, it's just a great time. And, and yeah, Vern, we wish you could have been there and wish Nick could have been there. I think everybody would have really uh, enjoyed it. And, and uh, it was a lot different than the first year we were there. I will just say that. And, uh, you know, not only to get to meet the emperor, but then also meet uh, Ula. And then actually for Alfie and I get a chance to take pictures and meet and talk to Vanessa Marshall. Uh, that was great. And she's She's still probably in July. I think we're locking in for her to come on and do a show with us here on, on the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. So she was really nice and uh, can't can't thank her enough for she got a shirt. Ula got a shirt and the emperor got a shirt. So they all have them. They have all confirmed that they have their shirts from us. So hopefully someday, sometime we'll see the emperor walking around with a Rule of the Galaxy shirt on. I think that'd be pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a good event. We're going to talk to the ECPC TV guys and, and Michael Havens a little bit more about how we can fine tune things, how we can make it better. You know, DDoc brought it up. I mean, the Emperor's in the room with us. I'm interviewing him and I'm looking out and there's 20 people in the room. And I'm thinking Rebel Force Radio last year had, what, 100 plus jammed in that little tiny room. But the Emperor's here and nobody knew about it. Nobody in the whole place knew to come out and sit down and be within arm's length of the emperor. Right. So it was, it was kind of different. And I, I think we can, those things need to be live. They need to be in front of a live audience because it just, the interaction is great. The crowd who does show up really enjoys it, you know, and, and the, the entertainers, the, the stars really like having those people there. So we're going to work on that and see what we can do for future stuff. But yeah, it was really cool. It was great. Yeah, that's a, like, I, I just think, uh, yeah, like th that's really one of just the main things I would say, like, you know, if it could improve. And I mean, Michael Avens did a great, incredible job with the convention. I had a great time. It's something I'll never forget. And I can't wait to go again. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there, there's some ways that they could like maybe play the podcast room over in the in that, uh, you know, play the yeah. audio over. So someone says, oh, man, Ian McDermott's uh, interviewing in that room right now. I could go sit in a folding chair, you know, 10 <laughs> feet away from him and listen to this interview. You have the freedom to do that. You can do that. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, 
for his first year running something that big, it, it really went really well. You had helicopters freaking flying back and forth the whole time. The food trucks, everywhere, you had music going on. Um, you know, I, I really like. Here's my thing. I'll say is my biggest regret from I Triple C is I bought, <clears throat> I bought the magnets from. Um, do you know the uh, man's name, Joe? Mm-hmm. Who makes Scott those? Baker? Yeah, yeah. I love those. My kids absolutely love them. They like rearrange them on my fridge every day. I have like some Star Wars stuff, and I, th- he did a bunch of like Super Mario stuff too, which is really like nice. The magnets are great. Um, I got those, and I got a Qui Gon uh, back here, which I'm not even going to touch because I'm I don't know what the hell. You know, I'm not touching anything back here for the rest of the night. Um, <clears throat> But I wish I bought more when I was there. I do. I and I what it was is I was nervous about travel. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to buy a bunch of stuff and then like have it get screwed up in my bag. I'm like, if I just kind of keep it simple, like whatever. But now now next year I will be ready. You know, God willing, Michael invite us back to the uh convention. Uh I will be staying out by the convention and I will be packing lighter and leaving <laughs> space for items so i'll be you buying a lot that. more black series you say that but how was nashville and how was your time when you went back into the city well it was fun what and do you I, remember it, yeah it was fun <laughs> i did wind up singing karaoke i was in the karaoke okay room, what are your uh, karaoke songs because i got two i sang uh brandy um by um she's the, a fine uh, girl yeah what that's a good wife she would be. <clears throat> that's my go-to karaoke. You're a fine girl. Yeah, that's my go-to karaoke song. Uh, honestly, that's I... also an indication that I'm drunk. <clears throat> if I'm singing Brandy, that <laughs> means I've I've reached that level. And we uh, we did. I saw we 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 went to a bunch of the bars down there, and it's like it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm 32 years old now, though. So it's yeah. like there's a lot of younger kids out there. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> 32 is still young. I can still have fun. The problem is I pay for it the next day. I wound yeah. up. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. I was laying around on um, Sunday, Sunday till like three o'clock in the afternoon, probably. And I was yeah, just it, drinking Coronas. Like it's not it, even like I was doing shots or anything. It's like, Brent, if you want to, if you want to see, I mean, I think I posted it somewhere. But the first picture where where Alfie and D Doc and I first met. D-Duck was still kind of in a comatose state Friday morning because of that early flight. He got right over and met us. His eyes were glazed and, and he had been sleeping on the hotel room floor. It was hilarious. It took him a little while to get the juices going. Um, but, but yeah, to start off, I was like, man, he had a rough morning. I did. Uh, and, and then to find out that Saturday night going into Sunday, he had another rough morning for I, a different reason was, I, was great. Cool, man. Uh, by the way, the two that I sing are Let's Get Drunk and Screw by Jimmy Buffett. Why? Wow. And Stroke It by, uh, I think it's Clarence Carter. And <laughs> All I right. do, I'm going to stroke I, it. I do stroke <laughs> it with like a Sam Kennison. I stroke it to the east. I stroke it to the west. Mm. I stroke <laughs> it to the west. I like me. Oh, I my God. <laughs> I love it. Oh, people are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like, what the hell is going on here? Well, they're going to have to go to YouTube and watch me smash my N1 (laughs) Starfighter. This is even more why I like Adam Parker, because he said that he likes what I say. There you go. Um, I've got engines just laying around me right now and just little pieces. It's devastating, actually, but we'll survive. 
I got so, some Legos to do after the show tonight. So overall, it was a good, good experience. And and I and you know now, now that we've had Nick, Brent, Alfie, and I get together somewhere, and now Alfie and D Doc <laughs> and I get together somewhere. Uh, wow and you're singing adam likes your singing as well brent um so um yeah we've got to figure out a time and we were talking about it because we got a chance to all go to dinner together and that was that was a lot of fun because i learned a lot about ddoc at dinner and um so but we talked about it you know pittsburgh's halfway in between philly and and indy so we might be able to do something there to a steeler game i didn't say you had to go to a steelers game there's plenty to do there we'll go stay down if we can go to the trade if we go to the church brewery, then I'm good. I'm yeah. good with that. We'll go to whatever. I mean, Have it's just ever, a halfway point. Do you know about point. that place? Do you know about the church brewery? I don't. I don't. I don't go to it. I have not been to it. You know I, what I'm I have places. About I have places I go to all the time. Pittsburgh. Yes, but I have, have you? Been you've never that. been to the church brew house. Mm-mm. Hmm. It's a restaurant brewer, microbrewery, and they have on the altar where the altar and the pre- the preacher saying is where they do the brewing. It's where they have their big casks and brew. It's a okay. microbrewery. I, if it still exists, this was back in like. This is back when Tommy Maddox was playing quarterback for the Steelers. Ooh, oh, okay. yeah. I went to a game. My dad's a big Steeler fan. I went to a game. It's the game that they won, and they had 49 yards of offense. No, they they lost. No, they lost. To the team with 49 yards of offense. Yes, there you the go. Houston that Texans. The yes, that was the game. Two pick sixes they, by the Texans. I remember that game. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was there. So <laughs> okay. It was, cold. it was cold as balls. Don't and, go back uh, to yeah. any more games. That's all I'm okay, going to tell you. I, I, I probably won't. Um, cool, though. Yeah, or but I did learn. it is now. I did learn that um, D Doc used to have the nice flowing mane, and he had to he had to flip the hair out of his eyes, the red hair out of his eyes. Yeah. Um, he's a drummer in a band. He's got his he's got his songs. He talked on. about that a couple minutes, uh, yeah. a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, so his brother looks like a shorter version of him. Yep. They There's sometimes like the, we uh, look alike. They both have they both have like the with the stash and like the 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 face shape. Like yeah. when I when I FaceTimed in for that one when you guys were eating yes. dinner, he leaned forward and I was like, Oh my god, that's D Doc Jr. <laughs> Which Lori was just like, Is he talking to Brent on FaceTime right now? Does he know him? I was really? just like, Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with Brent. Yeah. I, I, mean, like, I just do our show all the, all the time together. <laughs> I just found the name on the on the text string and t- uh, FaceTimed it. So there we go. Um well hey, we we pounded out a bunch on i triple c we'll see where we go from here future meetups things like that because yeah, it was a lot of fun but i figured there has been some things discussed or going around in the star wars world uh since last we all got together we should probably just hit on a few bullet points and say hey what are our thoughts on this side or the other brent i'm gonna start off i'm gonna throw a softball to you what? So star wars shatterpoint released ah and, and you're sending us picks that were amazing I don't know uh, if they're amazing. Uh, no, they were a lot of fun. They were great. Your your terrain, you set up for the game and everything. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, so Star Wars Shatterpoint, a new skirmish game based in the Star Wars universe. Um, the basic concept, it's a lot, supposed to be a little bit more flowy, faster, um, supposed to feel more like Jedi duels <clears throat> than, a, than a whole scale warfare. So, Joe, you've played Legion one time. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like the whole battlefield and controlling and being like a battlefield general. This is like you got three or four models and it's like most of them are lightsaber users. So there's a lot of movement and dynamic movement. And it's supposed to feel like um, I try to explain it. They have a game called Armada, which is like the big like bulk cruisers, your big Karelian mm-hmm. ships. Right. So we can outrun those. 
Um, and then you go to he's the just X-wing. listening to the left lazily. He just well, that's not a move. He's just lazily going to the left. So Sorry. then you so then you zoom in on that, and you have like the dog fights with with X wing. And then if you land on the ground, you have like the battlefield with uh, Legion. So mm-hmm. Shatterpoint is zooming in even further to like those small skirmish, skirmish those yeah. small, small skirmish battles. Um, okay. They've released um, who they got? They got Maul, Ventress, Anakin, Obi Wan. They've talked about. Uh, I played. Uh, I modeled. I, she hasn't been released yet, but Luminara works with Barris, um, so they're going to be released soon. Grievous is going to be out. Magna Guards, Dooku, uh, Jango Fett was fun because I used him one time. Um, he's he comes in the pack with Dooku and Magna Guard. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of interactions. It's it's smaller. It's not simpler. Um, but it's, it's, it's a fun game. And so what he's talking about for those people that are looking or talking, um, I was putting together, um, terrain cause you have to make your own terrain to kind of set the scene. Um, their Ewoks are going to be coming out for both star Wars Legion and they're going to eventually come out for Shatterpoint. So I'm making like this forested board, taking styrofoam paper plates and painting it up to look like wood. Um, and then taking uh, basically toilet paper tubes and poster tubes and painting them up to look like trees. Um, so I'm making like this indoor inspired scenery to use for the guys to jump around. And... It was really cool. Mm. You need, I, I'll, I'll post it out on the Rule of Galaxy Twitter account with the pictures so people can check it out. Yeah, so, it looks great, Brent. It looks awesome. It does. Yeah, so... It does. The pictures that I took had a there's Ahsoka's already Ahsoka and Rex and I think there was an Anakin and a 501st that were painted up in there. My buddy Matt was over playing. So good, good. We'll see more more games. We'll have to get yeah. We'll have to get T Bob on talking to you about that. I'm sure he'll want to jump in <laughs> and discuss. Um, so hey, uh, our good friend Kathleen Kennedy. Rumor is she's saying. No way we're doing Obi-Wan Kenobi 2. Have you guys heard this? Have you guys seen this? I did not see that, actually. I mean, look, I, I said it all along. It was great to hit the high points on Kenobi of seeing how some things laid out, seeing a quick little battle back and forth with Hayden and Ewan and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if they don't make it, I'll be okay with it. If they do, I'll watch it. Um, so, But I just thought it was interesting that that was bouncing around out there, that that was not in the works. I just um, want to be surprised. Just let me be surprised. Why can't people? Why can't people just let it be a surprise? I don't know. I don't know if that's how it works anymore. Well, because there's people like us, and there's not just people like us. There's people like Mr. Adam Parker, and there's people like our listeners, and there's people like our boy uh, Alfie, um, <laughs> and there's people like Rural Force Radio, Rebel Force Radio. There's there's yep. other there's what there's probably a hundred thousand podcasts talking about Star Wars. And, uh, and everybody's got to talk about something. And the reason why I get to that is I just, I, there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk, a lot of talk. Just, I wish there was nothing that leaked. I wish there was nothing that leaked. And I get a thing that says, coming in two weeks, here's this show. And I'm like, oh shit. And let me do research now on it, not like three years in advance. Yeah. It's <clears> interesting. <throat> I don't think it would ever go back to that. I mean, I guess I don't pulled, think it can. You're right. It, I agree. It, it pulled off the Grogu thing very well. Let's face it; they, they did a really good job. Luke at the end of season two, but but we knew those shows were coming. We just didn't know the endings. Um, but but still, they hid those fairly well. So 
Maybe they can still hide some things, but I doubt. It. I mean, look, let's face it. There's an entire industry, not just guys like us having fun talking about it. There's an entire industry of people who actually make their money being the first one to get something out on the internet, being the first one to get people to click on things, wow. all that. And it's, it's never going to go away unless we just get off the internet. So. I mean, there's also like public trade magazines, like what is it, Variety? Yeah. There, I mean, that have been Hollywood doing this for a number of years. It just, yeah, right. Those are those are ones that like that's what they do. That's their job. And I get it if it comes from there, but I like I don't know that and <laughs> <sighs> Kathleen Kennedy. Um, hmm. Look, uh, here's what I will say. I've been in a lot of leadership roles in my in my careers. Um, you guys already know that I out talk most people, you know, so I don't know if she's got the same disease that I have where she just can't she has stop talking. To, she has to, I feel like that's what it is because if you look at her, if you look at her resume, if I just slid without a name on top of the resume and I just slid the resume in front of you, you would say this person knows what they're doing. Yeah. She's got a great track record. Mm-hmm. She she has a like so past past was probably a little bit better than it is current yes. right but if I just slid if I just slid that this this is what she has done in her past this is what she has done don't tell, don't say she just say this is person would you hire this person would you have faith in this person in a split without second. anything connected yeah. to it yeah you would be like yeah I'd give that person a go because it looks like they know what they're doing it looks like yep. they can see they can produce and it looks like they can run a studio. It's just that, like, there is an extra amount of scrutiny that has come and continues to come when you have purchased this and you are become the head of this studio. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, it's like I, I can't help but to relate it. Um, you know, I just saw uh, the Across the Spider-Verse movie. You know, this is this might be a little off topic, but it, to me it connects. Um, and it's like, I, I, I've known that movies coming out. My son was a huge fan of the first movie. I liked the first movie. I thought the animation was amazing. The story was great. What, what I think makes those so special is that they're an ode to Spider-Man fans, you know, like they will, you, they will give you every little nugget of Spider-Man fun that you can get in a movie. And that's exactly what they did in across the Spider-Verse as well Is it's like, you know, I know more about Spider-Man than I thought I knew. Actually, I'm not a huge Spider-Man guy, but I saw all the movies growing up. You know, <clears throat> I just think that you need someone running Star Wars who knows what the fans want when it comes to certain things like that. And it's like, you know, you can have all of these things in there and not have it be fan service. It can just be because of a love of a franchise. To me, that's what these. <clears throat> across the Spider-Verse movies are with Miles Morales as a, you know, a newer character and everything. I think he's great too. Uh, that second movie is incredible. It, like I'm telling you guys, you should, if you saw the first one, you should see that in theaters. Like it's like empire strikes back of this trilogy that they're doing. It, nice. It's great. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't know. It, to me, it's like, I watch those movies and I'm like, the people who are running this get it. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not totally ripping on Kathleen Kennedy because I'm excited about a lot of future Star Wars projects. I just think she has diarrhea of the mouth sometimes. And, Absolutely. 
And, and I'm uh, going to go to it's. It's also like there's there's the Disney too, right? So my daughter and I, she's a big Little, little Mermaid fan, <clears> and she wanted to go see Little Mermaid, so we went and watched Little Little Mermaid, the live action one. I had absolutely no problem with it. Now, the only thing that I didn't like about it is they tried to throw a rap in, and they took the Sebastian song when he was getting sh cut up by the chef and all that, and they took that song out and they put a rap in. And I wasn't a huge fan of the rap. And my daughter's like, yeah, it was fine. I'm like, no, it was terrible. I think that song was terrible. <laughs> she did a fantastic job with everything else. The, the movie was good. I enjoyed the movie. I don't know why people are banging on it. But there's so many people that are banging on it because it's not a genetic, it's not a carbon copy that they do take some liberties and they do change some things. I mean, Scuttle was under the water for a good 10 minutes. And like, I don't think a bird can go underwater for 10 minutes. They can dive in and get the fish, but I don't think they can go underwater. And like, they could have at least had Scuttle on top of the water talking. Like there, but there are so many people that have that reverence for it too. And then I, I, I was talking to a friend that grew up with the movies and like has problems with all of the live action Disney. And some of this too has to do with they made a decision to make them four years ago, six years ago. I, I like it's been a while, right? Like movies take a while to be made, and they but when they bought one of them, they bought the lot of them to be live action. Yes, so, right. So it wasn't just we're going to do one of these. We're going to remake all of classic Disney, the golden age of the animation, and turn them into live action and see what it does because we think we're going to do some, see where it goes. Yes. Then COVID hits and the movie industry hasn't been able to recover from it too. Cause I also think things would be different if the move, if COVID didn't hit and the movie industry would be different, right? Things change and the movie industry hasn't been able to figure out how to recover from that. Even into the spider verse probably would have done a lot better if we didn't have that whole shutdown and people not going to movies for a hot minute. Yeah. It's, there's a whole host of things, but oh, I'm yeah. mad, like Disney, it's Disney and movie industry and the whole industry is, is trying to navigate post COVID and they haven't figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. And everyone is trying to figure that out. I, I think like, I think one problem we're going to run into with the future of all of this is that Disney's going to be on pins and needles because they've made some, bad moves in my opinion as far as just like some of the um purchases they made i don't mm -hmm. think it paid off to purchase fox nope uh searchlight and mm -hmm. that was a huge huge cost and i don't think they've made any profits off of that and like you said brent too it's like you know they're targeting me when it comes to these um remakes because yep. these are my childhood movies and now mm -hmm. i have my kids and I want my kids to go experience it in the theaters as well, which um, Okaira was very outspoken that Disney should just be remastering some of the old movies and, and you know, re-engineering some of the animation and re-releasing. Like, he's, he's very outspoken on Twitter about that. Um, I think it's one thing for it's one step further. Sorry to cut you off. It's it's not they're targeting you to take your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. But they also want it to be different enough that it grabs the kids. Yeah. They they're trying to do so, like it's it's that whole thing that we get into the argument of new versus old. And same thing with Star Wars. They talk about new versus old. We're talking about all of that stuff. Uh, Marvel new versus old. They want to do. The old, just old enough to give you the nostalgia, but throw enough new in that they can get the kids hooked and get the hook and hook the kids in this generation in. So then, twenty years down the line, they can do something different with that same with that same 
So I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. And, and I will say this, I know you guys haven't listened to the rest of Steve Glosson, but this is something we discussed and it was, it was originally about toys about, you know, are 20 years from now, are people going to be buying the 1978 to 1983 Star Wars toys? Because by that time, we'll have how many layers of vintage collection? We'll have how many layers of Black Series? Like he said, by that time, you'll be able to buy your own 3D printout and go make your own uh, of, of characters, right? So, like, for me, having this shelf behind me that's 1978 to 1985 of all those characters sitting there, it's important to me, but I have a grandson who's nine months old. Are those characters going to appeal to him, even if he likes the Star Wars movies, or is he going to want the updated versions that look more like them, that are either six inch or that have, you know, a better whatever about them, more points of articulation, all that kind of stuff. And we started discussing how, you know, it's just like anything else. My parents still get a newspaper i haven't gotten a newspaper in 15 20 years uh my grandparents god love them the ones that are still alive you can me? they religiously look at that newspaper every day right you know he was talking about how the gi joe toys that we grew up in the 12 inch you know mm. kung fu grip you and him not not doc and i yeah exactly <laughs> d doc never even GI Joes were three points yeah. uh, three yeah. and three quarters but but looking at those he was talking to people at, at trade shows and collections and they were like, I mean, there's still a niche for people who want those, but really it's only guys 50 plus. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then he was like, and we started really thinking about it, it with the, the actual characters are these, you know, during the revolutionary war, the civil war and those kinds of times in the USA, little trinkets and little metal army men were the toy. Right. You would think, well, those parents pass those on to their kids and they pass them on to their kids. Where are those now? Right? Unless unless you're in that 0.05% of people that want to collect that, <clears throat> where is that now? Right? So in 20 and 30 years, are these behind me going to be that way? Well, pass that into the movies. Um, is Star Wars aging itself out? I, I mean, if you're not going to put it back in the theaters like we've all talked about as much as we wanted it to and all that is it going to become antiquated you know are people my age and brent your age who were alive during the original trilogy when we fade off and let's face it there will be a time that happens mm -hmm. are the people backfilling us going to have the reverence for those movies at all and and so has disney bought something that is going to age out sooner than what they wanted do you watch clint eastwood movies uh, very rarely. Do you watch John Wayne movies? Even more rarely. But they're there. They're on Turner Classic Movies. They're on American Movie Channel. Things but, like that. I, but what I'm getting at is like Turner Classic Movies and John Wayne was my grandpa. That generation, they're there, but I don't watch them. No. I have no draw to them. I have no nostalgia to them. I don't really watch Clint Eastwood stuff. I mean, he's like early Clint Eastwood, dirty hair type stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not something that draws my attention. Um, so absolutely, like, everything goes through eras. Everything goes through fads. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about baseball cards, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was also thinking about the Antiques Roadshow because what happens is they go away for a long enough time that they become so so rare that then somebody's like, oh my God, this is worth something. Right. But then you have also have the Beanie Baby craze 
where people go crazy and they, oh, we're going to retire this beanie baby and people spend their fortune life savings on the beanie babies and it goes, <laughs> those things become nothing. Yeah. Right? Like Paperweights. It, it's all, something only has, like, I think you said it before, you and your son said, something is only worth what somebody else will pay for it. Correct. Have you guys seen that movie Megan with the um the doll? like robot doll? No, I saw you talking about it. No. I just watched that the other night and it's it's funny because they're talking about how toys were becoming irrelevant for kids. They're a toy company. You know, at one point the guy even says he's like he's like we're going to kick Hasbro's ass with this toy. <clears throat> but um <laughs> it's funny because they make a toy that's so advanced and so emotionally connected to a child that it you know beyond the, the fact that the thing literally starts murdering people um, <laughs> <laughs> the child no longer wants to emotionally connect with anybody else other than the toy because it's ai it, yes. right it, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper connected Ex exactly so it's like they think that what they're doing is the next generation of toys and the next generation of play for kids but then they realize holy shit we screwed up pardon my french Again, I keep cursing tonight. I'm sorry. Right. Ever since the Lego smashed, um, <clears throat> yeah. Now you have to recover. This is have, this, this is trauma. Like we I, heard, I rebuilt it as the show trauma. was going I, on. I watch. I, we've been watching <laughs> deep-seated <laughs> trauma, sir. Like like he is. Well, here's the thing. I'm. You guys are talking him. about this right him. now. I can't shake him. My world outside. I go outside. It looks like I'm on Tatooine. I got all this smoke from Canada here. Hang on, you're talking, about, you're talking about Star Wars toys in the future. I'm thinking of of the. I'm thinking deep into the future now, and I'm like, oh my god, like it's probably true what they're saying right now thinking about John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and the GI Joes, because I know some older guys uh, that I worked with when I told them like, yeah, I like, I kind of lightly say like, yeah, I kind of collect like star Wars action figures, whatever. You never know how someone's going to like react to that. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Like I have some GI Joes on my shelf still. And like, that's something I'm very unfamiliar with. And I've been over to one guy's house where I saw like the cool stuff he had, but like to me, that would be that's just something I wouldn't get into at all, you know, um, like not knocking it or anything. It's just, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, that's a great with, topic. I probably played with more G.I. Joe toys than I did with Star Wars toys. I mean, Star with Wars the three, so three and three quarters. Yeah, absolutely. Joe. The three and three yeah. quarter characters. But it, but it, again, correlating that to the movies and, and whether it's Clint Eastwood, whether it's John Wayne, whether it's whatever genre. I, I really started deeply thinking about it to where, you know, in 20 years when I'm 70 and I look at, okay, Frankie at that time will be 20. To him, a Star Wars movie might just be something on a Turner Classic movie or an AMC. I, I mean, it's going to be that. My fear is, and looking at it, Hollywood in general, it's becoming more and more rare that we're finding that, Banger. that, they, that the thing that takes over society, like Marvel did it for a while. Mm, Before Harry that, Harry Potter did it for a while, right? Um, th there's been things, but but then it's like, okay, well, Harry Potter was so freaking incredible. Let's go make the Fantastic Beasts movies, which I'm not sure really people are watching that many of them. Um, you know, the Marvel movies, man, these this X amount of them were so incredible. And now the next are kind of like, well, we're just kind of going to see where this goes. 
so I mean, I think Star Wars is a it's it's not it's not a Star Wars problem. It's an overall creativity problem. It's a Hollywood mm-hmm. problem. It's a problem of them saying, "Hey, we know what works. Let's just keep banging out these similar things." Yeah. And and getting people to go when Brent, you talk about the new, and I get it. I would have been perfectly okay if the sequel trilogy would have been all new. Just if you're going to tear down one thing, then don't worry about it. Just focus on the new then. Just go completely new and don't tear down something else. Build up what you're going to build up. And and so I think that's where I think that's where they made their fatal mistake is just make a clean break. Make a clean break. And, but and I wasn't but, even trying to get there. I wasn't even trying to get there to the sequel trilogies. I wasn't trying to get there. But, but anytime you say that woman's name, and I wasn't trying, I shouldn't say it that way. Anytime you say the head of Lucasfilm Studios' name, yeah. I shouldn't say that woman. Anytime you say Kathleen Kennedy, it's going to go to the sequel trilogies. It's going to go towards, you can't help but go that way. Like it's, it's, it's the Pete Rose effect, man. It's like yeah. when you're talking sports talk radio, it's going to be, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Should he not? And then like people have their opinions of it. What I was going to get at though, is when you're talking about creativity, it reminded me of an article that I need to read the whole article, but I just read the headlines and I'm a typical like pseudo millennial. I read the headlines <laughs> and respond to the headlines, but the headline was, um, it was about the writer's strike and currently mm-hmm. we're in the middle of a writer's strike. I still believe that we're still, they're still striking. Right. We can we have announcements about people getting signed on to play this or play that or all Aaron Reich is coming back. But what's he coming back to? Because there ain't nothing been written. Right. <laughs> so but it was about the writer strike. And one I think it was a writer was saying that the creatives is exactly what you were saying, Joe. The creatives are being hamstrung right now because the studios want money. And what what comes with money is nostalgia and, and attachment. And they're not being allowed to make something new and create something brand new. Yeah. No one has the no one has the guts and or the the willingness to fail for five to six years. And I'll make this my point why I'm saying five to six years with the new to where it becomes nostalgia because then that writer then talked about Dave Filoni. And uh, about Star Wars, or it was somehow connected to Dave Filoni and Filoni being um, hamstrung because he's got to build within the world that he's building in. However, at the same time, he created like he was part of what created Ahsoka, right? I think everyone Mm -hmm. feels that like the the character was created by Lucas, but it was developed by Filoni, correct? Like Filoni is her father, and she was new. Brand mm-hmm. new, she was mixed with the old, and people will sit here and talk about how much they love her now. They hated her. Oh my! They were well, worse than the Ewoks and worse than Jar Jar. Oh yeah, they, they she wanted was, her she gone. Was worse than Jar Jar, and they didn't like the Clone Wars because it was a, her story. But now they love the Clone Wars because it was her story, and they the studio or they were willing to invest in it to develop it and no one because of the need jerk instant satisfaction what have you done for me lately society isn't willing to have or create these new characters and invest in them to allow them to fail to succeed well brent to go along with that and i and i agree and i get it the article i just read yesterday was okay Let's say that these next movies are going to come out. And great, let's go. Let's move forward. But Disney, Lucasfilm slash Disney, 
when they were making their decisions X amount of years ago, when they bought the, the IP, right. Was here's what we're going to do. We're not going to really, it's our idea. We're going to run with our idea. We're going to be so much better than what's out there. And galaxy's edge, the galactic star cruiser crash and burn, in my opinion, crash and burn on everything. And it's because they had the hubris of saying, we're so much smarter than what the, the common fan is that we're going to make something that they they'll just flock to. And then you also look at the toy sales that went along with the sequel trilogy. The toy sales never went anywhere. They started showing the numbers of the toy sales from the sequel trilogy. They were bombed from the beginning. Then you go and build this stuff that is their idea only. And, and it's like, wow. I mean, I so, just look at it and I say, if you're a $4 billion company, you've got to have some better ideas and thoughts in there than just saying, we're going to do it this way and, and shove it down your throat and spend this amount of money. You should maybe see, hey, are those sequel trilogy movies going the way we want? And if they are, okay, now we've got something to build it on. But So if you're going to base yeah. everything on toy sales, right, and you're going to talk about the merch that comes after it, I'm going to also go to society had already started shifting away from toys at the time. Look at video game sales. I like. Is there anything? Is there any tie-in with video game sales? Because in my world, in my brain, because again, I don't think the same way. Games and toys are different. Toys are dying. Video games are on that upswing. The kids of this generation are investing in the games. They're not investing in the toys. And that was happening in 20, uh, what, 2015, 2018. Did they, that did was, they make, no, I, I got you. Did they even make any video sequel games? Tie, any the, sequel the, trilogy tie-ins? Yeah, did they make any video That games? I don't know. And the other thing is, yeah, like, around that time, and I don't know when Hasbro took over, right? Like, in, like, there's a whole thing. George, during the prequel trilogies, George was running the merchandise, and he was, like, he kind of had, I feel like it was him, and I could be wrong because I'm like the toys that made us. There was a switchover of when that, who bought out what. And when that happened, I feel like is when toys started to take a dip. Yeah. But I know Alfie has a daughter that plays with him all the time, and he argues that kids still play with him. And I, and I uh, agree, but it's also because he has them accessible to her. Right at hand. Yep. Right. So because he has so many, she's playing with them. Kids will play with what <clears throat> and do with what they have and what they have access to. Yes. My daughter doesn't play with any toys because we never really had them. We gave her access to the Barbies and all that stuff. She never really played with them. We have a trampoline. That girl's on that trampoline for 22 yeah. hours out of the day if she could be. Right. They, they gravitate towards they gravitate towards. The kids in this society starting in about – Oh, you, you are starting correct. About, starting about 2010, I, I would love to see data, and I'm making this up because all data is made up on the spot, right? It's a freakonomic <laughs> thing. I would love to see a correlation between video game usage and video game play and toy usage and toy play. That, mm -hmm. and I also, when they started to go to the massive MMOs, um, when Call of Duty started doing the, also, the, the online play, when they started going to online play, yeah. I feel like the online play was something that caused a lot of that creativity of toys to drop and a lot of the kids buying toys. So now we're going to buy these things because this is what our brain, this is the imagination that we want to have. Yeah. I, I think it also links, <clears throat> I think it links to as well though. Like 
it's not a bad thing to have a hobby. And I think once someone realizes they have a hobby, you can get lost in it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> for me, like I, I still collect toys, but I also get, I like, I'm kind of like, I love gaming too, but I also don't want to spend too much time doing it because mm -hmm. I also like building stuff too. Like, so certain right. nights, like last night, like I was doing <laughs> my model, like I'll just lock into that, you know? And I don't know that the hobby world is advertised enough to where like you feel good when you, when you, you know, have a collection or, you know, like you build something and say, I built that. Like, I don't know. It's like, that's, no, I but, get that's, you. but that's different but that's different for every person too right you have to find that hobby that makes you feel that you feel it's that true. accomplishment right whatever buys you into that accomplishment some people it's looking at their shelves and seeing all of those black series lined up for whatever reason it, it is lost on me for me like I, <laughs> it I, brings I will, you joy i don't know I will how sit here and tell you three years ago like so and you like you lock into your hobby three years ago i would search uh Facebook marketplace for driver for the newest driver for an off dry off brand driver for like the newest one, but try to find a cheap deal on golf clubs because I was playing golf all the time. Then I found this stupid game <laughs> and now, and now I find myself going to whenever there's a free time, I swing by the game store and I just shoot the shit with the people at the game store and talk. I was found myself talking for 45 minutes cause I was killing time. Because I had to, like, my son was at therapy or some yep. daughter was doing cheerleading. I was there for 45 minutes talking to somebody about paint, about miniature paint. I'm telling you, this is coming from a man who played hey. sports, who does all this other stuff, who would never have talked about paint three years ago. Hey, real quick, Adam Parker, thank you for the comments. And you're right. <laughs> yeah. There are so many good comments there. And, you know, I'm, I bash on some different things. But guess what? I'm a kid of the original trilogy, and right. you're right. Ahsoka is one of my top five characters of all time in Star Wars. If you find the right character, if you find the right mm -hmm. mix, it fits, right? Like Thrawn, Ahsoka, different people like that fit right into that nostalgia feel that, that we have for it. So good call on that. I mean, you're you're right. Brent, Brent's right. And I, I think also, Brent, with this conversation, it makes me start to think Star Wars had that popularity with that initial run was it just a timing of the universe all coming together at yeah. the right time because toys because movies because there was no streaming there was no hbo there was you know 77 to 83 it was you're going to go see this at a movie theater you're going to buy the toys to fill your time in between and there's no online to go do the other stuff that's I never. I was three fit. years old in '83. I was D Doc. How old were you in '83? You don't talk about it. Negative. Okay. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you said you said '77 to '83. It's not just '77 to '83. It's '77 to probably '99. '77 yeah. to yeah. 2000 to 2015. It's '77 to 2022. Right. Because just what Adam said, like the thing that they what he likes and what he feels is what why we keep listening is each generation has their on-ramp and their entry point and mm -hmm. they have something that they can identify with and that becomes who they value right like hey uh duchess duchess mm. who is one of probably the more intelligent people that we have on our show who is a great host she has found her on-ramp with the books and with the uh the high republic clone, War, clone and, wars and the high and, republic yeah and the mandalorians like i mean she yeah. attached for whatever reason and she'll she came out and said it she didn't even know of anything about star wars nothing about star wars until lockdown and then yeah. she had to fill her time with something so she found somebody said watch this 
<laughs> but I mean, that's what it is. I'm not like so, you have to fill no. your time with something. It's Somebody true. said, "Hey, watch this," and for whatever reason, she's locked in on it, and that's what she locked in on. And yeah. she will go to the grave fighting fight. for her girl. Yeah, she will fight tooth and nail. She will come at you with daggers. That teen is the is the stuff, and Corky is Obi Wan's kid. And don't oh. tell her otherwise. I, yeah, I've I'll like I'll I'll say like my final point on that topic is I don't think personally I don't think it will die just because I think there will always be you know we might get some bad shows not not even saying they're bad like they're still like entertaining you know we're all here to be entertained right Brent well like it's all about entertainment yes <laughs> but absolutely there might be there might be like some shows that might fall flat sometimes whatever but there's always going to be someone who gets Star Wars and what makes it so great from the beginning and I think it will still continue into the future because like my kids like they've grown up they've seen some of the best CGI I could never imagine seeing they've seen all this technology and I still take them to the theater to see Return of the Jedi which let's face it the CGI that they added in is kind of terrible yeah. um and and it, they they still are enthralled by the story and yeah. and that's the thing it's the story of it mm-hmm. that that does it so and- I, I think it I think it will live on now as far as the figures go We'll see. You know, there's always going to be some some weirdos like us out there who are going to collect all this stuff. I think it's going to go the way of model trains and army men. And that's just my personal opinion. After talking to Glosson, it really stuck with me that 20, 25 years from now, when that original group that grew up with it are going off to live to be one with the force in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the people that follow behind, I'm going to hand this stuff to Joey or to Frankie or to Teddy, my next grandson who's on the way, and I'm going to hand it to them. They're going to look and go, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? And that's going to be how it is. I mean, that's just how that's just how the way of the world works. So it'll be sad. But you know what? That was my choice. Um, Yeah. So, hey, I did have something real quick that was a, a big shocker to me. Um, that I'll throw out there. For those of you who've listened to a lot of our shows or watched a lot of our shows, we actually we actually have a new uh, King of the Hill of our shows. Our number, our first episode ever from January of 2020 has always been the number one show listened to, downloaded, everything else. Me and Joey, the original show, episode number one. It is now down to episode. It's now down to the third ranked show. It's the uh, South Georgia Mafia. It is Steve Glosson episode Georgia Mafia episode one twenty two with Steve Glosson is now number one. Episode one hundred, the bash when D Doc really kicked in and we had all those guests and T Bob and Adam you Bray. Get, you guys were you were live at uh, what should we call it? Um, University <laughs> Comic Books. No, no, no. That now wasn't 100. episode one hundred. No. That was that was on uh, that was uh, May the fourth. Yeah, that was May the fourth uh, a year ago. I want it say. was uh, actually it was twenty September of twenty twenty one was episode one hundred. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but but yeah, those are now number one and number two, and our first episode ever is now number three, and uh, that's crazy because number four is one show that was led by Duchess. Uh, number five is the Mark Anthony Austin Boba Fett finale. Uh, that's that's number five overall. So I'm really, really interested to see where these are going. The numbers are really changing on people going back, 
listening to old shows, listening to ones who were either hosted by the Duchess or we had Steve Glosson on or Scott Rifen or T-Bob or uh, O'Cairo. Yeah, are, the T-Bob, the original T-Bob, uh, yeah. the number four was like in the top five or six. It, it's still, it's number yeah. six right now. It was, it was in the top three with number, with number one. But, uh, but yeah, some of those other shows are really taking off. I know that means nothing to probably most people, <laughs> but what I would tell you is if you have just Go started listening recently, some of our greatest shows ever are like have been downloaded and listened to a ton of times. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy to think that finally, after all this time, this show 100 episode 122 is now the number one episode of all time, followed by episode 100. So that's just kind of interesting to hear that how that goes so i think it's just uh, because we like we sit around and talk just like and we invite them to be a part of the conversation by just like letting them argue with us but i mean we don't get to hear it unless you're adam parker and you're throwing <laughs> us some comments today thank you sir i appreciate you yes but like uh like it this like we're just a couple guys we don't really care we're not trying to shill for anything we just want to talk about what we feel and where we go and the other thing is like we all have different opinions yeah yeah which like, also shout out yeah. to adam parker i've talked to him before he's found our show through t-bob and wow. uh, if i'm not mistaken adam ordered um one of the lsu mando helmets mm. from um damon and damon. got it custom made oh, really? and his office um his office man just has like awesome. <laughs> his office is set up. He sent me a picture of his office. Adam, you got to tweet awesome. Tweet to us so we can see this. I want to see this set up right here because you, if you listen a lot, there you go. LSU Boba Fett, Adam. There we go. But you know my son Joey. He loves the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers! And and uh, he's got a great coach. Oh, I wish <laughs> so, that man was still coaching somewhere. I know <laughs> we need him back. Joey's been on a run where Adam uh, Andrew Luck retires. Coach I know, o gets right? Fired. <laughs> he kind of yeah. runs him out. So he, he's, he's kinda, got a good saving. So hopefully he's, yeah. he's got a little bit more sticking power there. Yeah, yeah. So hey, Adam's going to send it to us now on Twitter. So that's great. But I mean, look, we that you're right, Brent. And I I was teasing with you earlier. I mean, I think one of the most fun things about this is. Um, you and I look at Star Wars, we have a passion for it in different ways, but we, we both find it entertaining. And, but here we are, we can talk about things from both sides. And then sometimes it just crosses over. Like I think some of our conversation today, we were actually layering over each other, the same topics from a different point of view. Right. And, and I think that's a lot of fun. I think, like you said, that's why people listen to us and, and think something of us. Go ahead, D-Doc. I have a question that I can't forget to ask on this podcast because it made me think of it watching the second Ahsoka trailer that came out. And it's something that you might know about it, or Brent, uh, Joe, you got to know about it now. Like when, when Ahsoka says like, when, when Ahsoka says Thrawn wants to become heir to the Empire, like, mm -hmm. is that a title that was held by somebody before, like heir to the Empire? Like, no, my question is what because I haven't done these books. Like, what is the heir to the Empire? Is it some kind of spiritual, person. spiritual like realization it's, or is it just don't like let me answer first on what is so my answer. go ahead go <laughs> do it I, you have a probably a way better answer than me because you've read the books you've lived the books i've just listened to them the heir to the empire is just it is a statement that is talking about there is nothing in the empire right now and there is a vacuum and a void and 
there is this guy, this blue skin guy, who is a very big tactician, who essentially is going to become the next leader of the empire. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, I don't think it's ever mentioned in the book. I don't think anyone ever calls him to the heir to the, the empire. It. it is just a, it's just a foreshadowing of his greatness or his potential to be great um, with the way that he thinks and the way that he leads. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, I, I asked for some questions and you know what? We, we've got a little bit of time here where we can ask a few. Uh, the Dave M. Jones, one of our favorite mm-hmm. guys, been a co-host before and always participates with the show. He said to us, he'd love to hear a little bit about our thoughts uh, about the Inquisitors and what role they might play in Ahsoka and beyond. And I believe, did we not get uh, an Inquisitor posted coming up in the yeah. Ahsoka show? Well, I'll just share that the Inquisitors are going to be released in Star Wars Legion. Um, they are going. They don't know if it's going to be a dual faction issue or not, but they're also going to be released in Star Wars Shatterpoint. They did show the card for Star Wars Shatterpoint, and the Grand Inquisitor has a rebel symbol and uh, like a like a a galact- like a like an imperial symbol and a rebel symbol on the top of it. So that shows that it could be played with both of those factions. Or it's okay. like it's interesting that it had a dual faction stamp to it to let you know and it might be a dual era that it could be in the galactic civil war and also in the clone wars era but and i think it's because it straddles that timeline but i will throw those in there that the the inquisitors are going to be in both of my games soon and and i there we go ddoc thank you for sharing that i i think they're going to continue to play a role because instead of having to bring, bring back the big baddie of darth vader in everything um, I think that's the reason why the Inquisitors were created, and I think it still keeps that guy carrying a lightsaber around, right? Whether he's good or bad, or you know, it, it adds another lightsaber character, force-sensitive character um, to this. I don't know who this is going to be. I don't know that we've got any input on who that will be in Ahsoka, so but that isn't uh, that is a still from because I forgive yeah. me, I'm not into all of this stuff. Um, this is a still from <laughs> the new Ahsoka trailer. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there is an inquisitor or an inquisitor-ish type individual. Yeah, yeah, they yep. got that blade. I mean, th- th- this is uh, this was from Empire, uh, if I'm not magazine. mistaken. Empire yeah. magazine. Yeah. So the the other thing I'm going to go to is, um, wasn't there an inquisitor that was fighting Ahsoka at the uh, homestead on um, the third episode of her arc on Jedi Tales? Um, yeah. Yes, there was. On the farm. Uh, Ahsoka down on the farm. Right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got a good picture of Sabine uh, there and everything. Yeah, and she's also wielding Ezra's lightsaber. Yeah. So to go to the Inquisitor question, what kind of role do I think they're going to play? I know that there was a lot of, like, consternation and upsetness because that uh, having that Inquisitor in there does alter the book version of what Ahsoka had going on and it alters X, Y, and Z. And it wasn't the picture that everybody had, but it was from Filoni's mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And Filoni at this point, like you can call it, we call Lucas the creator. When we talk about star Wars, you can call him the creator when we talk about Ahsoka. So do, yeah, like there's gotta be some reason why he put the inquisitor on that planet coming after Ahsoka or coming after somebody else that was force sensitive 
to draw Ahsoka right. out. I don't know exactly what it was, and I can't remember it without going back and watching it. But I know that I don't think it was going after Ahsoka. I think they were going after another Force-sensitive kid, and Ahsoka just happened to be on the planet. So, but looking at this, we don't him. we don't know. Is this a flashback in Ahsoka to the pre-original trilogy time frame when it when uh, Inquisitors were prevalent? Because Ahsoka, the series, is taking place after Return of the Jedi, correct? Yes, it's taking place after yeah, the Galactic it's after Civil War. Mando, right? So yeah, it's it's after that. So it's in the Mandoverse world, right? Correct. So, so in that in that in between sequel time. Yep. So yeah. so you know now it's okay. Did Inquisitors make it all the way till then, or is this a flashback to an Inquisitor before that? We don't know that. I so. mean, is it possible that there were Inquisitors? Who was all on this? Like, was it the ship? And this is where I need help with the rebels. Was it the ship that got taken with the space whales, or was it just the individuals that got taken with the pergola? At the it was the ship. Of, it was the ship. So who Ezra, was on yeah. the ship? Ezra and, and Thrawn were on the ship. I don't know of any Inquisitors that were on that ship. And d still needs to see it. So <laughs> I've watched two seasons of it. I, and honestly, at this point, I might just reset and just go from the beginning again just to refresh before this show. You know, I, I want to... It'll be, help. I'll be honest with you. Bindu is probably one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. He's a cool character. I, I do I do dig been do so yeah i, I think I, because he's that middle of the road he can go either way and he's just yeah he's season, season three and four of rebels will help help you prepare for ahsoka i believe so um thanks david M. jones we had another one which i sent to you guys which i thought was interesting it was after our ula interview uh rough country um watched the interview on youtube and then sent this and said i hope so much disney brings femi taylor back to star wars i have an idea on how they can do it in the Book of Boba Fett Season 2, Femi Taylor portrays the role of Ula's sister, Nola, um, I can't, Nola Tarkana, a vengeful freedom fighter who learns of Boba killing Bib Fortuna, the guy that kidnapped her sister and made her slave to Jabba, and she swears allegiance to Boba, joining his army as he battles against the Hut twins and frees all the enslaved from them, Femi Taylor is still amazing looking and would be as beautiful as ever. I, you know what? We talked to her about it. We we were teasing Azula's still alive, but you know she could come back and play her twin sister in a Book of Boba Fett show on Disney. I think that's fun. I think Star Wars fans would get a kick out of doing the Leonardo DiCaprio point and be like, "Oh, that's Ula right there." Absolutely. Um, so I I don't know. Even if it's a small little cameo thing, I think that would be cute to do. So thank you, Rough Country for listening to and watching the show and then coming with that comment. So, yeah, I just thought it would pass that long. I thought it was kind of fun because we did joke with her and say, are you really dead? We heard you scream, but we never saw you get eaten. And she was like, I'd come back and do that. So, yeah. How, anyway. how In a very away... proper British voice that she had. <laughs> how far away are we from global disappointment? Global disappointment. Yeah, the the premiere of Ahsoka. Global. Oh disappointment. my gosh! August twenty third, Brent. Okay. I can't. You know, Brent. God love you, dude. I'm telling you, I have such different <laughs> vibes for this show. I really do. I have very good. I have a very good feeling about this show because yeah. I think Filoni is he's he's riding he's he's sitting riding in the, the band riding the banda. he's riding the banda. <laughs> yeah he's riding like a the banda. banda like a banda yeah he's he's controlling the, this 
show. He has his mark on every single detail. There's a of the part show. of me, no doubt a, in my mind. There's a part of me that feels that that is kind of what suffered in the Mando was the fact that it was all Favreau and not Filoni because Filoni mm. was working on Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I think I there was some sidetracking going on uh, as far as projects go. There I was think. too much going on, and you needed both of them to work it out. I think Favreau, Favreau is good. Favreau can make good stuff, but I think you'd need the lore master. Hey, it's just like us here on Rule of the Galaxy. We, if, it, if it's just one of us sitting here talking, it's probably not a very good show. But if it's multiples of us in here, we just bounce it's off each other and it works. It's to be a terrible program. show. <laughs> All right. We're going to finish What did you that. say, D-Doc? I said you need the full crew. All right. So, crew. so I got a question. I got a question for all yeah. of you. Just because he's got Roy Kent's shirt on over there. Have we finished it? Are, are you guys all yeah. done with it? All yeah. right. So so I know we're talking rule the galaxy, but we all know that Joe wanted to have toy time and tea time with uh, Joe and movie time. So let me talk about it. Uh, what do you think? I, I love the ending. Uh, I, I the only the only part that I uh, during the ending that I wasn't one hundred percent sure on. Spoiler alerts for anybody who has not watched the end yeah. of Ted Lasso. It's been out of we're going to talk about now. it. If you um, haven't finished Ted Lasso, I, don't listen to this part. I I don't. I wasn't sure on the Roy Keeley thing. I, I really wanted them to get together, but okay. uh, but I also see that Roy is going to counseling. Roy has changed, as we saw in the Diamond Dogs <laughs> episode, and and so maybe. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Rough, woof, rough. Woof. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it's his best place to not be in that relationship. I want to be a her. diamond dog. But, but, but other than that, I was really, really happy with a lot of the ending parts of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was perfectly fine with the end of it. I, I, I'm going to miss this show. I really love this show. I still think they have a chance to continue it, um, but we don't. I don't know. Uh, I what just do you think feel like it, I feel like that finale wrapped up so yeah. many storylines that called back to even season one, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like there were so many layers to that finale Mirrors. where you're like, yeah, you're like, this is over, you know, like it, in my opinion. Ted Lasso is done. Could you probably do a show on what's going on with Richmond, Richmond. after Ted is sure. gone? Sure. Because a lot of these characters stand alone on their own. Uh, a lot of the actors did a great job at creating these characters. They're all probably going to want a pretty decent salary, though, for another season because <laughs> yeah. a lot of them are becoming stars from this show now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a perfect finale uh, for a season and for a show, uh, in my opinion. I thought it was perfect. I just wish they did not wait till the last episode to like have Jamie and um and Roy fight over Keeley, you know, because they had this great, <laughs> but I, no, they, uh, yeah. they could have done that in the oh. middle of their training. Like it was hilarious to see it at the end though, because when she was like, when they're just like, you pick him or you pick me. And, 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 she, and I, I turned to Meg. I'm like, they're both about to walk out that door with her picking none of that. And yeah, they walked out and yeah, they're idiots, but. I loved seeing their relationship grow with each other. Yeah. So, I mean, the show pulls on your heartstrings. They just so I was gonna. I'll, I'll go to that because what you said. Do you think that they should have been relationshiped into a, uh, a boyfriend relationship? Because I was reading something online. I, I mean, as you do this, they're like, can we just make them a relationship? And part of me is like, I can see where that writer was going, but at the same level, 
like can't we just have friends can't we just have guys that are friends right Mm -hmm. like do we have to relationship everybody at every time like every bowen bowen dinjarin they want to put them together and have a relationship now i guess uh the two percent said that she was making out there's a deleted scene that says that she was making out uh with him but like that bothered me a little bit was the the some of the public was trying to say that there should be a relationship between the two of them when i mean there is it's just a friend relationship it's just dudes being dudes and i think it was awesome when they went to his bedroom and he was like oh shit I want the poster of Roy Kent that was in his room, man. Yeah. If they sell that, I am buying it with Roy Kent with the freaking the the, the, the Jerry Curl Jerry yeah. Curl mullet, man. He had the soul I glow would, going on. I would buy that in in a hot second. But like you said, Brent, it's like it doesn't need to be that. Like in my opinion, if there was one goal of Ted Lasso, it was to say that it's all right for tough ass dudes to talk and be cool about like talking about things that might bother you that you might feel uncomfortable talking about like you know the whole diamond dogs thing and roy changing himself and ted having his panic attack issues everything like that like you know everybody does have their own issues everybody keeps them in or whatever and i i think that was definitely one of the goals of the show was to just be like you can still be you know normal and cool and badass and still have shit going on pretty much is what i thought it was it was funny because my mother-in-law was like do you think the whole thing was a dream and i was like what do you mean she was like he woke up and i said no i think he just i i was like i was like you're digging too deep because she really she really thinks some of it was a dream and i'm like it's not there's no way no because he was sitting in first class on the flight home and he was in uh coach on the way there if i'm not mistaken yep he was but he still had that same guy come get the selfie with him at the end. I That's see. why I'm like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> this is over. This show is over. They, they ended it perfect. If they want to do a spinoff where maybe Ted's not involved, I can see that happening. The only way I can see that happening is he told them it was never about me. It mm-hmm. was about Richmond. Mm-hmm. And the book became called The Richmond Way. Mm-hmm. And they're going to add a female Richmond team. And the whole cast is really still involved, except for Ted. I could see that it could work. Uh, you know, Ted did get less involved in a lot of storylines throughout Absolutely. the seasons. So, I mean, I loved it. It was less about him, like, yeah. right? I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was him. It was, I mean, I think one of the first seasons is like everybody always underestimated me because they think that I'm just some sort of clown yep. because of the way that I walk around and have a positive disposition. Um, I will tell you the one scene that I really loved the most was when he finally opened up to his mom and the way that he opened up to his mom. Um, it was a way that he, it was a way that they both could handle it. Mm-hmm. And he finally got the, the cojones to, to at least confront his mom because he wanted to the entire time and she wanted to say something, but they both didn't know how to do it because they both have that Midwestern like, like we, we can't push it. Um, but I really like how he confronted his mom. I will also say that I cried about two thirds of the way through from the entirety of the last episode. The last three episodes were bangers. Mm, um, the, the beginning of the season took a while to get to those bangers. Yeah, um, it, was it, was, it was a slog to get through. Yeah. It was. I there's a teacher at the school that like we had believe all over. We have believe shirts. We had a Roy Kent design shirt for like a believe theme for our school this year. 
Um, and it was all, she kind of like was the one that was pushing that theme. And I asked her and she's like, yeah. And I said, yeah, I feel about the same way. It was like during the middle of the season, it wasn't something that I had to rush home and watch every week. It was something that I could let build up for two or three and then binge them. Um, and, but then when it got to, but then when it got to the last three, I was like, dude, I got to watch these. Like I need to see these. Mm-hmm. Our, our friend Adam Parker just asked what's everyone's favorite Ted Lasso episode. And I, I think the Christmas the, episode from season two. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Great, I, I mean, like, dude, it was in the middle of the summer and I wanted to put the tree out. <laughs> mine, mine hands down easily is uh, playing darts against mm. um, uh, uh, Rupert. And when he mm-hmm. talks about don't, 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 ju- you know, don't uh, judge people. What is it? I've got it right here. I've got a quote over it over there, a sticker of it. Uh, don't be judgmental. Right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I be think curious. Uh, be, be curious. curious. Don't be judgmental. And when he hits the last one, and says barbecue sauce. Um, I, I law that one floored me. So, that's mine. Yeah, I can't pick a favorite episode. <laughs> I can't Seriously? pick favorites for anything. Yeah, Dude, that, I mean, that I'm, Christmas I'm sitting here like, trying to. I loved the Christmas. Movie. Oh, I, I can't tell you like exactly what happened in that episode. I know they went door to door and gave stuff away, but like all I know is at that end of the episode, I sat back. And I oh, was like, "Where's the?" I was like, "Where's the Christmas tree?" I cried. I, I wanted of, to put the Christmas tree out because of Higgins in that movie and that one. I'm sorry, that show because Higgins had all those players start showing up mm. and they had to keep making I more love and more. That. And then at the room. end of the show, they showed the pic. Like when they were going through the pictures, they showed the picture of like it was. Mm. It was as if the picture was taken as if it was a photograph of Higgins' photo album of them sitting at his house, all like celebrating. Yes. Uh, Higgins is one of cool my favorite was, characters from the show, without a doubt. Love Higgins. I liked Sam too, and I loved when they were fixing up his restaurant after it got vandalized. I like that one as well. And he left the cracks in the mirror to show that it didn't have to be perfect. Yep. Yeah. No. The beard episode. <laughs> that's everyone's. That's everyone I talk to. That's always their least favorite episode. But it has the best song in it. That hello song is, at the it, end. It wow. is wild. I love one, that. Of, one of my highlights from this season was when Hig- was our um, was when Beard was at the freaking press conference when Roy didn't go to the press conference and they said who's in there and then it was Beard just in there yelling at everybody. It was great. But, but then like Roy came out and like with his like shut up I'm gonna answer I'll just and like I mean he, he oh was the God. rightful he was the rightful coach the story yeah. he told when he gave his press conference i was just oh like, yes because you never know what's going on with the kid like uh because uh oh, that was the, oh, the kid just had a miscarriage and that's why he was an asshole that got yeah, it. I, he's got, got something going me. on but you have no idea what what somebody else has going on and i'm lucky he didn't beat the shit out of me or like whatever like i'm lucky that i got away with just what i got away with yeah yeah that's hey man i'm i'm glad you guys all liked it I, so I'm, yeah. Parker said the hello song is burned into his brain. Yeah. Uh, the psychedelic pants that Beard was wearing are burned into my brain <laughs> during that Beard episode. Um, my Good wife. End for Jamie's dad, too, because yeah. I think Jamie's dad do- doesn't he beat the crap out of him in the uh, alleyway in that episode, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Doesn't Beard run into them? Yeah. Yeah, he does in the alley. Um, my wife loves the song. Um, Gosh, by big country or big orange country or something like that. Loving is easy. The song when um, Rebecca and Sam met up at the bar when they were sitting and talking, she she could play that song twenty um, times a day. I yeah. would work for Hannah Weddingham in any job that she would offer me. Yeah, 
also Danny Rojas when he kicks the penalty and hits the dog. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing because when they went to show football, um, life when they went to show the last, yes, had the helmet on. The dog had the helmet on when they went to show the last penalty. He was yeah. looking around and the dog had a helmet on. And he... <laughs> I was like, please don't let Danny Rojas kill a dog in this last episode again. I was like, come on. You know, I love it. I, I There are podcasts out there galore about this. I'd love to go listen to them. I should because uh, I, I really like that show. I'd like to hear what other people are I, I mean, saying about this. That would be interesting. So. The bar guy, like, it, it was awesome to see the bar guys and then the bar owner with her stack of shares that she oh, purchased. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fun seeing Rebecca starting to go to the bar, like, towards the end of mm-hmm. it, too, you know, like, and them start and seeing her mom uh, re, uh, interact with, um, I, I'm mad that I can't remember the bartender's name right May. now. May. Yeah, it was fun seeing the two of them interact with each other and everything she was great throughout the entire thing she was it's the hope that'll kill you yeah and it's just that interaction with the two of them in the stadium when he was just reminiscing and i'm gonna miss this place Mm. and her trying to talk him into staying and she's like this is where you leave and say uh i'll think about it and then he pauses doesn't say anywhere and she's like You've already made up your decision, haven't you? It reminded me of the two times I've left a job where I didn't dislike my boss, but I just needed to like move on to something. And it, it's the hardest thing. Like obviously Ted's situation's harder, but like when I'm watching that scene, it just literally put me back in that seat having that conversation. And I'm just like, man, it just sucks. Like, you know, someone's trying to get you to stay and you know you need to make your next move. It's it's really hard. Yeah, Joey Joey said he cried most of the last episode thinking about the father and son thing and then seeing the father and son song being played at the end. Uh I I mean I know, you know, being a new dad, you're looking and going, "Holy crap," right? That's just um yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's and it's funny cuz Joey's texting me. That's why I looked down. I was like, "Why is Joey texting me right when I mentioned his name?" That was weird. Um, but yeah, no, guys, I'm glad we got to talk about that because that was that was something fun. And I, and I know I've had so many re- people that I hadn't talked to in a long time who I can just sit there and bring up Ted Lasso and we can talk about that. And it's it's really cool and refreshing. So um, but yeah, you guys have any closing thoughts outside of that? Anything else going on? No, no? I just saw the I just saw the Richmond jersey. So I figured I'd <laughs> throw it out there. Yeah, one of my well, favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite football sweaters. There we my go. Your sweatshirts, my, I guess. I don't know. I just my favorite shirt. song is the Roy Kent song. Oh God, he's there. He's there. He's everyone going. Yeah. Kent. My Roy Kent uh, mug that had that on it actually broke right over there when I was not with your press out my dryer. <laughs> I mean, you're having problems in that basement, man. I know things happen down here. I'm getting nervous <laughs> about my shelves and everything. I mean, if this shelf crashed behind me, man, I oh. would just. I'd be sleeping on the floor again, like Nashville. <laughs> I'd be devastated. All right, brothers. It's been it's been a good one. It's been good to get back together and talk. And and uh we'll 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 do it again next week sometime. But uh thanks for all you guys do. Thanks for Adam Parker for being along for the whole ride yeah. with us. And uh ride or die today. Thank you, that's sir, right. Bro. Adam Parker, uh, you know, honorary member of the Rule of the Galaxy crew with all his comments tonight. We appreciate it. And you know what? For everybody else who's given us a listen. 
like I said, we got plenty of good older shows that will make you laugh like crazy. Um, go check them out and then keep up with the new ones because we're just still having fun. And uh, we've got some good ones planned out in the future with uh, Rick Prince, uh, who we met again at the ICCC, the junk man, uh, the toy guy who does a ton of toy stuff. Uh, again, Vanessa Marshall is going to be so on. I'm going to miss us. that one. Yeah, you can miss that one, Brent. I okay. give you permission to miss that. Um, and <laughs> I follow this YouTube channel called Out of the Basement. They do Star Wars Black Series reviews. The other day they were live and they were like going over our hall from the ICCC. I was like, what? I'm like, you guys were there? Like, it, you know. There you go. So there's tons of Star Wars fans out there. Anyway, guys, always great to be with you. Just a blessing to be hanging around with you guys and making me laugh. And for our listeners and thing, thanks so much. And until next week. May the force be with you.